When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, today we are having on David Pollock. And let me tell you, I've known who he is for a long time. Uh, being from a sports family where ESPN was always on. Uh, I've seen him on the TV. I've liked, of course, what he does. Uh, he's very loud. He's He projects himself very well. Uh, I've been a, va- a fan for a long time. But recently uh, he has come out in support of women, specifically protecting women's sports Uh, which is what we need more men to do. We need more people with platforms to do. And so I could not be more excited for this interview. Uh, Check it out here with David Pollack. Well, I am so excited to be on with you. Um, It's just nice to be on with another SEC guy. And we were just talking before this. Uh, Hopefully we can both agree. At least neither of us went to Tennessee. Um, (laughs) But again, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'll tell you, uh, my dad, he was also an SEC football player uh, and went on to play in the NFL and all that. And then so football and sports center was always on at my house. And so I've been a big fan of yours for for a long time. Uh, But I kind of just wanted you to start by telling us about your career as an athlete, both, of course, at the collegiate level uh, and on. Well, um, the, the pro level goes quick, so we can we can start with the uh, the collegiate level. I went to Georgia because Georgia was 45 minutes from my house. I did not grow up like a, a diehard Georgia fan. The best thing Georgia had was Lindsey Pollock, which is now Lindsey Pollock. Like, being close to her, like, was the most important thing. It had nothing to do with football, um, so it was all about proximity. And then, obviously, falling in love with Georgia. My dad was from New, um, from New York and New Jersey, and so he was always talking about the Giants and NFL. I didn't really talk too much about college football. I uh, went to Georgia and um, had a fun career for four years and um, got drafted. By the way, I changed positions several times. I tell people that all the time because people think it's supposed to be easy, and it's not. Like, came in as a fullback, moved to defensive tackle when everybody got hurt my freshman year, and then – Moved the defensive end my sophomore year when everybody got drafted. We had four guys drafted. So um, kind of up and down, figuring out what position, moved, you know, three times and then um, ended up having – I was a three-time All-American. Then I got drafted. And by the way, speaking of Orange, how we started the podcast, I had a hat, Riley, for every team in the draft. I knew I was going to be a first-round pick. So the uh, whenever they went on the clock, 49ers went first. I put it on. They didn't pick me. I threw it down the steps. Um, which which made it really weird because the Texans I actually threw it down the steps and they traded back up into the top fifteen and I was like crap I had to go get the hat just to throw it back down the steps yes but the only time I literally put on a hat and I was like yeah please don't ring was seventeen and it was the orange hat with the Cincinnati Bengals and I was like man but they're not very good the uniforms are terrible like. Don't ring. And next thing you know, ring. My phone rings. Um, it's Coach Lewis. And he's like, um, we're taking you with the 17th pick. And I love Cincinnati since that point, like right next to Kentucky. And once I went up there, I was like, because I heard so many stories about like, it's the armpit of the world. I'm like, this is amazing. This place is awesome. And 
love the people there, but you know, I was uh, my end of my second season, and I and I I broke my neck in a freak um, freak play, freak accident, and uh, so my NFL career was super super short. But football, since I was six years old, was always a huge part of my life. It was something I did, something I loved, and um, so when that went away, and then I got to do you know ESPN stuff, I, I knew I had to have football in some capacity. But my my NFL career was definitely if you if you blinked, you missed it. Well, uh, I can't imagine what you went through and breaking your neck. Uh, when my dad was playing college football, he played at Vanderbilt. Uh, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Chucky Mullins story, uh, the oh, only yeah. player. Uh, so my dad was on the other end. So my dad is Brad Gaines, uh, who was the player ultimately who, who Chucky tackled, which ended up breaking Chucky's neck and Chucky ended up passing away. Uh, so I've seen the effects, at least from the other side of this within my own family, how it's affected my dad. Uh, and and how that has then translated into how he raised me, uh, because I think when you you have that perspective of how things can change, how your life can change so very quickly, uh, at least uh, in my own family, it kind of instills a sense of gratitude in you uh, oh, yeah. and perspective for sure. And I'm sure you can probably relate. It shifts your perspective quickly. I mean, you go from uh, I mean, all I wanted to be was a football player since I was six years old. And that's all I talked about to everybody and that's all I've um, dreamed about. And then, you know, literally in one hit it's gone. And um, so it's, it's just really, it was a big blessing for me because you're sitting there and it's all you work for. And you can relate to this. All you work for so many hours, so much time, and then it's gone. And now it's like, okay, well, what's next? And, and I, you know what? I know my God is bigger than my problems. And I know God has something amazing for me. He would have taken me to here if he didn't have something that was so awesome and so unique. So I'm like, I just can't wait what he shows me next. That doesn't mean you don't have time when you're frustrated and you're anxious and you're worried. But like it, I, I legitimately, I, I realized that the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And because of training and because of all the things, you don't get a lot of chance to be still. I was always chasing, 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 chasing. And I was in a, a halo for, for four months. I was in a neck brace for over a year. And um, I had a lot of time to be still. And I had a lot of time to, to hear from God. So it was, I still tell everybody this, and, and they look at me crazy and funky and weird every time I do a speaking engagement. It's one of the top five things that have ever happened in my life because I'm a better dad because of it today. I'm a better husband. I'm a better friend. I mean, just learning what a real friend looks like when you stick, go through something that's really, really tough. So I would not go back and go, man, I wish I had a 10-year career. I like my 10 plays because it's closer to 10 plays than 10 years. Um, but God taught me a lot through it that has definitely helped and um, helped me become better today. And that's what he does. Uh, he knows when we need to be still. And, of course, he closes doors and opens opens new ones. Um, but what, what did your post-football career look like? Uh, after, of course, uh, you were able to recover from your injury, uh, you mentioned ESPN. How'd you get there? Um, so I'm watching in my in my neck brace. I'm watching in 2007, and I'm watching Kirk Herbstreit talk about um, Georgia versus LSU and who should be in the national title. And I'm yelling at the TV screen because I thought he was clearly wrong as a Georgia fan. And um, I literally call my agent the next day. So in my neck brace, I call my agent. I'm like, hey, man. If, if I can't do this football thing anymore, which I knew there was a great chance because if, if I was at more risk than anybody else, I was like, I'm done. I want babies. Like, 
my, my first goal was in my life was to play in the NFL. My second goal was to have babies. Like I wanted to be a dad. And, um, and so I told him, I, I was watching them. And so I called my agent. I told him, I was like, I think I want to do the TV thing. He was like, did you go to school for that? I was like, no. He was like, well, why would you want to do TV? I was like, I think I check a lot of the boxes. I'm loud. I'm opinionated. I'm obnoxious. Like, I think I'm like bored to be a commentator. And he was like, all right. So he called a radio station in Atlanta and, um, they got me set up for a four hour sit in and I sat in with them for four hours and they were like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll hire you if you'll move down from Ohio. Cause I'm still in Ohio. Uh, my son was born like um, three months later. And then uh, I literally, we drove down with him as a baby, as an infant and drove down to Atlanta. And I started doing an afternoon drive talk show in Atlanta. And um, that's how it started. And then I went like a, a couple of years later, a year later or two, I went to Fox uh, local Fox station and started doing television and get, get this full circle craziness. I'm doing a show called SEC Gridiron Live. Ain't nobody heard of. You can say you have it. Well, my mama didn't watch it, so I know y'all didn't watch it. And um, I get a phone call afterwards. And so Kirk was one of my buddies in Ohio because he was with the uh, he went to Ohio State and lived there, and I was with the Bengals. And he was like, hey, man, I was flipping through the channels. I was like, where is this going? And I saw you on SEC Gridiron Live. I'm like, no flipping way. I'm, I'm still waiting for the joke. Like, and he was like, dude, you're pretty good. He was like, you should, you should try this. You should come interview with ESPN. I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, hook your boy up. I'm in. And, um, so he kind of got me, got my foot in the door with, uh, with the ESPN with that. But, um, it, it's, it's just amazing. But like, you know, you think about things that happen and, and I tell people all the time, like, you never know what's around the corner. And like, so I think when you, but the number one thing he said to me, which I think was important, rather, he said, I love your passion. Like, if we have passion in what we do, if you're, if you're the coffee getter and your job is to go get coffee and you have passion and you're good at it, be great at it because somebody will notice and, and it will lead to something special down the road. Wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, be great at what you're doing. And and Kirk said that. He's like, it was your passion and your energy. And then, listen, he got me in the door and it was still, you know, I was still doing recaps on ESPNU from 12 to 2 a.m. Like, um, but I had to remind myself, like, you're a freshman, you're a sophomore in high school, like in college, keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. What do you want to do? What do you want to be? Um, but that's literally how I started on television. Then I worked my way to college game day and um I remember I'll never forget when I when I started with when I met with my TV agent for the first time, he was like, hey, man, what show do you what do you, what, where do you, what do you want to be in 10 years? And I was like, college game day. And he was like, well, that's the best show in college. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's what I want to do. He's like, OK. Um, and, and it was three years. It was two and a half years, three years later. And, I, and they expanded it to ESPNU where it was the first hour. And me and Aaron Andrews did the the first hour. So I think um, like I, what, I, what I've learned through all this and what you're learning, I'm sure with your platform and what you're doing is just like, God can do amazing things. And just, he continues to show off if you'll let him like, and you'll invite him in and, and let him do his thing. It's, it's beyond what you ever can compare to. And um, he just keeps going, okay, watch this big fella. I'll show you a little something, something. Of course uh, he, he gives and takes away. Uh, but I got to ask being strong in your faith, being a devout Christian, uh, working at ESPN, I, I could only imagine. Again, of course, I'm not in the inner circles of what this looks like. Uh, but did you ever feel any sort of pressure to conform? Uh, I, I think working in TV in general, that industry. You know, this this is a great topic because 
I'm not sure any pressure was ever put on me, but I felt pressure regardless. Right. And, and, and it was more of um, what can I say? What can I not say to get fired? And, and, and I think you, you naturally worry about that as an employee, and especially depending on who you work for and where they stand on things. And that's clear where people stand on things. You can see that really quickly. So I, I think, um, you know, what led us to this conversation is because I got fired. It's because, like, literally, I, I remember sitting there a couple months ago, and I'm like, all right, like, God, what's next? What do you have for me in my life? Where do you want me to be used? Like, I don't care if it's on television. I don't care. I'm, I'm a high school football coach, and I love every second of it this year. It was awesome. Like, do you want me to be dad? Like, and be home more? Like, what is it? And 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 what kept coming to my mind is, you know what? Like, I can say a lot more things than I, than I the things that I've wanted to say in the past that I couldn't say. Like, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So like, it's, it was almost like, God, going like, what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to make a difference? You know, are you going to, um, so I think I started a family goals podcast a couple of years ago and it was me and my pastor and we started in a closet and it's amazing what it's grown to. It's, it's crazy. Cause we literally were like, ah, we'll just do it for a little bit and see how it goes. And, um, and we've had some, you know, clips, things that 5 million plus views. And you're just like, holy cow, how the flip does that happen? You're like, oh yeah, God. Um, so I think that, um, yes, you, you do feel the, the pressure. You feel like I'm one comment away from being fired. And, you know, what I want to encourage people to, to understand is like, there's a lot of me. I, I know a ton of country musicians and been around them for years. And I think a lot of them are worried about saying things because you worry about your brand, but like you're still going to have your brand regardless and you can still say your views and then you can still share your views. Now, listen, I'm never going to, I'm, I'm going to try, try to never do it in a, a mean manner or a condescending manner. And I'm not going to curse. And I'm not going to try to belittle people, but you know, just because my views are my views doesn't mean that I'm being rude just because I believe the way I believe and it might not fit in the way in the realm that it fits with you. It doesn't mean I'm wrong and it doesn't mean that you're wrong. You can like beliefs are your beliefs and you can have them. Um, I just I hope people uh, and, and I know I will with because I'm getting talks with people for the future and and I am who I am. And that's going to be a part of the package, whether you want it or not. And that's where we'll start. And that's and I think that's something that I've learned through this is like you can do you and be you. And, and if they want you, they'll keep you around. If they don't, that's fine. So God will provide another opportunity. No doubt. Uh, and to your point, uh, going back to the pressure piece of the internal pressure, almost, it's like you're putting pressure on yourself. Uh, I totally, totally understand that. So it's unique uh, that it's, it's, it's a lot broader than what I realized too. Uh, and of course, talking to, to Sage Steele, who uh, I just oh, think yeah. is absolutely incredible. He's uh, so awesome. Oh, she's so amazing. Um, and so both of you, like I said, have been just big fans for a long time for various reasons. Uh, but again, both of you, I was ecstatic uh, recently when, of course, you, the first time I saw it, I believe, was on Twitter uh, when you posted this post and it said something to the effect of women's sports aren't a transfer portal uh, for mediocre male athletes or, or something to that effect. And I thought what was so awesome was your caption, uh, you know, where are the men, where are the, where are the, the girl dads? Uh, I, I just want you to elaborate on that. What kind of compelled you to take that, that 
stand. I'll say unpopular stand. We both know it is the popular stand, uh, but unpopular unpopular stand in terms of uh, the media and kind of this this cancel culture that we live in. Well, you know, it's interesting. Sage posted something a while ago and um, she said something about men. She said men and women, like, where are you that are going to stand up? And honestly, I've heard your story for years. And I was like, how the heck is that even possible? Well, I worked in college football. I worked at the NCAA and I know how bad they are at their job. So you knew it could be possible. I mean, just be calling a spade a spade. Um, So like I knew the story. And Sage said that, and I'm like, okay, to me in my head, I looked at it like, this is a woman's thing. It's not my place. Like, that's the way my brain worked for a while. And now I'm like, you know what? No, it is my place. Like, again, new free opportunity or new freedom with where I'm at in life. Um, but I'm like, how is this? And to me, this is very commonsensical. And I think to most people, it's very commonsensical. Um but I was like, you know what? You need to say something. You need to do something. And a lot of the stuff that I do, man, I'll, I'll be honest, is it's a lot of it is it's what's inside of me. It's Holy Spirit driven. Like it's something I feel like, okay, I need, I need to do something with that. Like I need to say something. I need to act. Like well, I try to do that most of the time in my life. And I'm just, I, I've seen it become more and more prevalent. And I'm like, all right, like certainly at some point we need to understand like this isn't right. And do I need to go into the, the, the reasons why like men have, testosterone through the roof women do not like it's literally like telling me like hey let's go do we're gonna do a race car race and one has an engine that's just ginormous and the other one's got this tiny little engine let's see who wins and let's see who doesn't get hurt like and i think i'm my my daughter i've coached her since she's in third grade and she's a basketball player and she's a good hooper and she loves hoops and you start to go like wait a minute if she faces this which now becomes more and more and more and more realistic like how am I going to feel about it? And so like, it doesn't really affect me right now, but as you get older, you're starting to realize like, dude, you got to stand up for what's right. And this is a very easy thing. Like this is not difficult. This is not hard. Anybody who has something to say, I don't care in the slightest. I, I, Riley, I think one of the things God gave me a long time ago, I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. I love when people ridicule me. Like, I thoroughly enjoy it. Like, and Reese Davis used to always, he was like, you're the only one that I've ever seen that actually enjoys the hatred on social media. I do. I like it. I I don't know why, but I I think it's funny. Like, I think, um, again, if something you have to say makes somebody so passionate about something, whether it's one direction or the other, your words matter. Like what you say matter. And I, I love more than anything saying something on social media and then be like, God, I hate your opinion. I hate this but I love that you stand for Jesus, you know? And that's like, that's like my, that's my favorite of all when I, when I get something. So I think I've seen enough and and I've been on the sidelines long enough where like, I don't know what, what difference I can make, but like, I'm dang sure going to try because it's definitely the right thing to do. Well, I of course couldn't agree more. Uh, and I, I think we've been missing the men and, and I think it's for the reason you said, and understandably so, uh, it's, it's, hasn't been a men's issue. Men aren't necessarily impacted by, uh, women, of course, coming into their sports and losing out on opportunities because that's not, that's not happening. It won't happen. It won't ever happen, uh, at least at the most competitive level. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think men saw it as their problem, uh, at university of Kentucky where, uh, we of course have a men's swim team and a women's swim team. 
uh, when we were kind of going through all of this and it was, it was very uh, influential on the women's team, the men kind of just laughed because objectively it was funny. Uh, They were like, Oh my gosh, this is like a circus. Can't believe you guys have to deal with it. Have fun type of thing. And it's, it's because they didn't feel threatened by it. But I, I agree as these cases instances continue to happen, especially as a dad having a daughter of your own. Uh, I think more and more men will speak out. Uh, I love the one you posted yesterday or, or the day before where you said, make common sense common again. Uh, and that's that's a lot broader than this, this <laughs> sports issue. Uh, just in general, we need common sense. Uh, watching a lot of the different issues that are, are transpiring, really stemming down even from the top. Oh my gosh, it makes you wonder when common sense will be common again. Hey, speaking of, so how is it for you now? Like you go from swimmer and now like you're 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 debating people that are are you're talking about things to people that you probably situations you never thought you'd talk about. Like how is that like and you calling people out, which was absolutely gorgeous yesterday. Was, was that yesterday? Because that was yeah. Yeah, that was phenomenal when she was like, wait a minute, like I'm pissed, like I'm going to say something about this. And then wait a minute, I can't really say anything about it. It's easy to do. Uh, I think they want you to think they're intimidating. And at first, my first couple of times testifying before Congress, I did. I thought, I mean, they intimidated me. Uh, As you said, 23 years old. uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I just know men and women are different. And, And of course, being impacted by this. Uh, that I was intimidated at first, but oh my gosh, I realized pretty quickly they're not intimidating. They're actually just stupid. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how that goes. So, so yeah, it, it's, uh, people say all the time, you know, how do you find the bravery or the courage easily? Uh, because I'm saying the most basic thing anyone could possibly say, uh, which is nice. This topic is so easy because I don't have to prepare. I didn't have to prepare for, for these these hard questions at Congress, because it's all so easily rebuttaled. I mean, it, you're it, like, this is common sense. Like, hold on, let's talk about this. Do, do we need an anatomy lesson? Like, do we need to talk? How, how much in depth do we need to go into this? Like, no, oh, shouldn't be that hard. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about both your podcast and the, uh, your your Pollock Family Foundation. Um, I, I uh, checked out the website and different things, and it looks incredible. And so I just want to give you the opportunity to to talk about this and, and what you guys are doing over there. Well, the Family Goals is the podcast that I mentioned. It's called Family Goals. I, I started with my pastor and um, we literally just tackle subjects that you're all dealing with. Like we're all like just recently we lost um, me and my wife lost my, one of my best friend's wife. You know, she was 40 years old. She passed, you know, really quickly. So my wife lost her best friend and my best friend lost his wife. And so we did a couple episodes on grieving, like just how do you grieve? And it was, it was hard and it was tough, man. And it was raw. And I, I mean, I'm crying tears because it was hard and um, just lear- learning how to be there for him. And, you know, we just, we do things like uh, the, the five love languages. Everybody's heard about the five love languages for your spouse. Well, like th- those are also pertinent for your kids. And so we went through them and talked about our kids and how do we um, apply easy, simple principles to, to parenting, but while keeping the main thing, the main thing. And for us, like, it's a very simple thing. Like God starts at the top, our marriage is next. And then, then comes your kids. And I think to some people that's a, that's a, that, that doesn't work that way. And the kids come first and we're so, and then we've had, you know, so many people on from, 
you know, from Coach Rick to Tony Dungy to Scott Drew to the list goes up, Dabo to, I mean, we've had a ton of people that have come on and just shared their faith journey, shared their stories, but it's really about having how to live a life of faith today with very simple, applicable things because I'm not very bright. I've been hitting the head a lot in football and you can't give me like these broad stroke things. Like I needed to be brought in and be like, all right, give me one action step. So that was the family goals. And then the Pollock Family Foundation, we started about 10 years ago. And um, man, we've we've kind of morphed over the years. And really, like whenever, whenever we see a need, we're going to meet it. And so like the Athens area, what we've learned is like there's a big homeless population. And there's a lot of those that are in need. So like we just came up with this, you know, 12 weeks ago and, and put it into place. But we did the Banquet of Blessings. And we we bust in the homeless from the surrounding area, from all the surrounding areas. And we threw a feast for them. Like we threw a feast. It was a throwdown, Riley. Like they come in and they got served their food. They got served their drink as much as you want. We had Ebenezer gospel choir playing gospel music. Um, and we just loved on them and let them know that they, that they mattered. And like, like, listen, dude, I'm one decision away from being you. Like you, you're, you're in a hard time. How can we help? Like, how can we help pull you out? And, and my favorite part was the vision I had before we started was Christmas morning for these folks. Like they wake up next year in the month of November and they go, that is the best day of my year. And so they went over to outside to a table and every single one of them, a thousand, by the way, 988 people came, um, got sleeping bags, got a brand new coat, got a brand new toothbrush, wipes, dental floss, uh, gloves, a scarf, a beanie, um, wool socks for the winter season. Um, so we just got them a, a cool little like swag bag uh, of things um, and just loved on them. And, and then next year, obviously, this is an event that we'll definitely do yearly. But that's what our foundation is literally like, hey, where, where's the need in our community and where can we go plug in and help serve and um, bring money to it, bring recognition to it, events, whatever that looks like and whatever we can do to help. So that's what those two things are about that we're doing here. Well, how amazing. Uh, it makes you realize, I'm sure, how fortunate we are uh, to to live the lives that we live, to have the things that we have, to live in the country that we live in. Uh, man, it's again about the about the perspective, uh, and it certainly shifts once you see just as just as you said, uh, it's it's truly one decision away uh, from from, yeah. from from that. Uh, so, and you know what you you know what I've learned, Riley, for this from all this okay. stuff with our foundation is like. I always served to to be the blessing. And and now I realize when I serve, I get the blessing. I don't get they don't get the blessing. Like I get the blessing because I get to watch their faces and, and, and my prayer coming into the event. I'm trying not to cry because I'm always emotional. Um my prayer coming into the event was I was like, God, I don't want a single thank you. And I don't want to do this for a single thank you. And and the genesis behind this the scripture was Luke 14, 12 through 14. And Jesus talks about when you throw a banquet, and that's why we called it a banquet. He said, when you throw a banquet or a feast, don't invite all your friends and the rich and the ones that can repay you, but invite the blind, the lame, the crippled, and the ones that can't repay you. And then you will get a reward at the resurrection. And that was the genesis behind it. But I, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to thank you. It's not about a thank you. It's not a, the, how they react has nothing to do with what we're going to do. But when you got somebody, I had a guy come up to me, I'm not going to cry. I had a guy come up to me and he goes, man, I had to make a decision this week. And he said, I had to make a decision between my sleeping bag and my coat. And I was like, holy cow. Like, 
that's that's the realness. Like that's the real stuff. Little girl comes in and she grabs my hand and she's like, I'm so excited to eat. I'm starving. I haven't eaten in a day. Like, and she was so excited. And she had her brand new like pink coat on. And um, and she I, I grab her hand, we go to the line, and then she looks over and she sees the jumpy house because we had jumpy houses for the kids and we had a play area because they don't get to be kids all the time, you know. So like literally. She went from being starving, ready to eat. She's like, jumpy house and sprinted over in the jumpy house. Um, so it, it's that's that's what we've learned for sure. Like we we get the we get we're the ones who gets the blessing. Like th- these folks need a break and need sometimes somebody to love on them and give them a chance. And uh, that's what's that's what's the most cool about it. Well, let me tell you, that inspires me to be a better Christian, uh, to be a better. I mean, you said it, friend, wife, daughter all the things. So I, I can't even tell you just, just like you said, uh, you might feel like, uh, they have become a light to you, but you are a light to so many, uh, those people, but, but really others around you as well. Um, one final question. And I have to ask you, given the fact that you're a professional football analyst here, you know what the question is, who you got and by how much. Oh man. First of all, FSU got hosed. They got hosed bad. I felt bad I for FSU. I felt bad for everybody there um, to go undefeated. Golly, man, that is so hard to do. Um, they just had their, their women's soccer team win a national championship, which was kind of cool. I thought uh, at least one of their undefeated teams. Got at least to- they got a chance to play for it. That's yeah. good. Um, so I, I think um, this. I think this will surprise people. I think Texas is going to win the national championship. Um, I think they've had some ups and downs, but I, th- I really do think from an offensive standpoint, they're really, really good. They got playmakers. They got a good QB. They got a great system. And I think they've got dudes. And college football has benefited, again, if you like diversity. Now, look, if you like Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and all those teams, Ohio State, Michigan being the, the teams every year, like then we'll keep everything as it is. But the transfer portal in NIL has opened up the whole football world. Like now everybody, everybody's in the same boat. Cause now like, let's be honest, people were paying for people regardless. Now everybody gets to do it. And so in and, and the talent spread out, cause you used to go to Georgia and say, Hey, uh, I'll develop here. And then in two years I'll play in three years, I'll play. Now they're like, wait a minute, I can go right now, go over here and play. Like I'm going to go play. So it's kind of balanced everything out. But I think Texas, they've never been to the college football playoff. They go to the last one. And I think it'd be fitting for the Longhorns as they come into the SEC um, to win the to win the yeah. Big Twelve and then win the national championship. Yeah, yeah. Now who's playing them? Oh, man, <laughs> I I, I want to say Michigan. I really do, and I, I think Michigan's a better. I think that's team. fair. I, I think, but Alabama's Alabama, and they always stick around you're, and they always do crazy things. But this I'll is go. Your bias I'll, showing. I'll go. I'll go Michigan. I'll go Michigan and go. Texas. For the natty. How about that? There we go. Uh, I, I will. I'll be uh, following. We're going to come back and, and check you on this. So. All right. That's good. Um, hey, the, not many of those work out real well. So let's <laughs> not do that. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Uh, I, I think this has been um, one of the, the most, uh, I think, influential podcasts for people to listen to, at least, of course, for my platform. Uh, I have a lot of really awesome people on, uh, policy experts, uh, people who have been impacted by a lot of, a lot of the things we see, but to have someone on who is 
so strong in his faith and unapologetic and uh, willing to do the right thing for the right reasons. Uh, that is certainly rare. And I think it's something that everyone can learn from. Uh, so I couldn't be more grateful for you. Well, thank you for having me on and keep doing what you're doing because it's, it's awesome and it's needed. And uh, I love when you made that lady look silly yesterday. I'm sorry. That was really funny. So keep doing what you're doing. Of course. Thank you very much. I do not know how you could listen to that and not be a David Pollack fan. Uh, Truly someone who is so confident and secure in themselves and the reasons why they do what they do. Um, with a smile on his face at all times. Uh, That's certainly inspiring to me, and I hope it is to you as well. Uh, Thanks for watching. You can like, comment, subscribe anywhere where you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Outkick.com. And we will see you here next week.